week, y'all, we're going to be right next to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, man. And can you believe how quickly 2017 has passed? Um, yeah, I can believe it. It was a rhetorical <laughs> question. I mean, I didn't, it's not like, I mean, we do this every year. I know, like, I know. You know, it's like after October is November. And right. After, November's December so it's not like it's a surprise you know if one day I woke up and they were just like today is the second day of smarch I'd be like oh, <laughs> oh shit lousy smarch weather this is new you know don't touch Willie okay I won't exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah we're we're almost through a whole other year <sighs> dear listeners we hope that whatever you have planned on Thanksgiving you spend it with people that you love and people who know that the holidays based on the slaughter of the indigenous people of this land who were practically wiped off of this planet. It's essentially a genocide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly so, what it was. So but as you're having your candied yams. Well, I use it. Me and my, me and my parents have long discussed that the whole, the whole history behind Thanksgiving and we make it more of a present day kind of thing where mm-hmm. we're just thankful for the for the people we have in our lives now as opposed to reminiscing on how the um the pilgrims fucked over the native americans mm. uh so um yeah because we don't we don't like to acknowledge shit like that we don't observe columbus day either yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody really should no yeah um but yeah um yeah fuck those days fuck those days fuck those like it's all like iconography right it really is it's like this iconography is like people hold this iconography up and um and they make us believe that it's like something that we should all celebrate but it's not really worthwhile i wonder what makes no, I don't really wonder, but what really makes people hold on, hold on to that iconography with like a death grip? Like how deeply integrated does it have to be into your soul for you to be essentially told the truth about all these horrors that these uh, people you look up to committed and still be like, oh, but you know, they still did one interesting thing. So I'm just going to hold on to that like no matter how much we love Stan Lee, per se, you know. Right. Like, if we found out tomorrow that he ate Terry Schiavo <laughs> alive. That's really... <laughs> you know, it's like, we would, we, would, we would definitely see less Marvel movies after that. Yes, most... Well, we wouldn't... I, I think we'd see just the same amount as, like, the Stan Lee cameo is no longer there. Yeah, you know what? That's even better. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But you know, we do something. Yeah, we wouldn't just be like, "Well, Spider Man." You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, wow, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? <laughs> but really, I mean, I I know I know it sounds like an extreme, but like think it does. think about it, think about like, it. Like you're, we're talking about Terry Shivo. We're Damn, talking. That's a reach. We're talking. <laughs> Like I'm like wow, she, was she brain dead? 
Some argued yes. Yes. Some oh, argued no. Man. But let's not go there. Okay. But the, the point is that the extreme between the icon that we have come to admire and like the horrific truth of their reality is there's such a huge and stark difference um, for you to hang on to that like gleaming visage is just an act of desperation. You know? Right. Well, I mean, the reckoning, the reckoning that is happening right now, which is, I think is a really a great thing that's happening. Truly. Um, although it is surprising to see um, some heroes, uh, go down because you it, there are people there are people that you don't quite expect like George Takai. Oh. That was that one hurts. Yeah. A lot. But you know what? Fuck that guy. <laughs> right? I mean if I mean if, so far it's I think it's five people that are five men that have come like come up and said like he and, you know, he groped me or he whatever. For George Takei? Yeah. Oh, shit. I had, I'd only heard about the one. Yeah, I think about, it's five. About five the, now. Like the one young man who had like gone back to his place and like passed out drunk. Yeah. That's the only one I'd heard about. Oh, man. Five? Yeah. Shit. So, yeah, so he's going the way of, well, not Kevin Spacey because Kevin Spacey uh, went with like underage, underage, like, like boys that were like underage yeah um you know and you know this just like he's just a part of the he's just a symptom of a of a huge problem that i think hollywood has with with all this this bullshit that's going around man it's like what it's like louis ck it's uh george sakai or george ck i'm sorry I, i don't know how to pronounce his I think it's George uh, Takei. Yeah. I mean, I know you don't care for Star Trek, but you could at least I get his a, name right. I have right. a warm place in my heart for old Trek. Mm-hmm. How old Trek? Um, like uh, Captain Kirk Trek. All right. Yeah. How do you think I know about all the tribbles and the, you know? Uh, it's, it's, it's common pop culture. Is it? It is. Huh. Yes, it is. It's Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, but you're saying that from the point of view of a Trekkie. So it's that doesn't not, mean I'm not right. Like, <laughs> like if you, we were to go out in the street and be like, um, ask some random person, like, "Hi, do you know what a triple is?" You know, um, I'm pretty sure some, like most people, or more than half of the people we ask, will probably not know. I I don't think you're right about that. I think that if we I'm fucking white, man. If we went out into the street. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Just agree with me. If we went out into the street and found people of a certain age who are English speaking, then they would know what a tribble is. You know, I mean, it's very old um, cultural iconography, but uh, most people know it. And. I, if we cultural iconography, it's a fucking furball. It's not like you know. It represented the um, the hegemonic comfort level of America during that time. Really? It was this furry little you know cooing thing that seems so innocuous 
and everybody, you know, was just like, oh, it's just so, it's just so cute. But before you know it, it would replicate to the point that it could overrun humanity and destroy the ship. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. All right, then. Okay. All right. right. So, you know, fuck these guys. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Fuck these guys. Um, And it goes to show you that whether it's straight men, gay men, bisexual men, Hollywood men, uh, industry men, it's essentially a problem of male culture and male toxicity that that's highlighting this whether it's directed toward women or men or people who are um underage like it's just it's being perpetuated by grown-ass men with some modicum of power right you know it's like the two are just a horrible horrible mix now we're not well we're we haven't mentioned it yet but um roy moore uh the uh the guy who's running for Jeff Sessions' old Senate seat um, has been accused of um, assaulting 14-year-old, like a, a, a woman when she was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And now another woman has come forward. So, and, and it's, it's turning into like, it's turning into old school Alabama hypocrisy. Yeah, it really is. Not to mention the the voter constituency is really really showing their colors on this. Like, yeah, they're willing to forgive. If you not even forgive, just look, just like accept it. They're just like, I'd rather vote for a pedophile than a Democrat. It's, it's like, like, really, what is your problem, you monsters? Like, <laughs> pedophile. Do you know what a pedophile is? It's like we're not talking about somebody who likes to ride bikes like, the, it's 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 because it's it, it's something that's not happening to them immediately uh-huh so they're they're saying that because they've never had um a child who's been assaulted or put in danger of being around some of these predators you know or they themselves have probably done it themselves that's why they yeah that's why they're cheering for this guy's like he's one of us. It's disgusting. It's really disgusting. And I know I overgeneralized there just now, but you know, there's got to be some truth to that. Let me tell you, I saw. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the interview with uh, Roy Moore's lawyer. Um, oh, God. But uh, he was he was talking to um, two MSNBC anchors. Um, one of them, a woman, I forget her name. Uh, and then the other one is um, this um, anchor named Ali Velshi, mm-hmm. uh, a Canadian gentleman of, I think, Indian. I want to say Indian descent. I might be wrong. Um, but uh, during the interview with Roy Moore's lawyer, he pointed out, he was like, I think it's great that, you know, you guys are doing the whole, you know, uh you coming from different backgrounds and whatnot. And then the lady that was interviewing him, she was like, what are you talking? Are you referring to Hmm. Ali? Because he's, and then he's like, yeah, I love the, the, the variety of people that you have asking the question. Variety. And, uh, And then she's like, what do you mean? What does this have to do with like the allegations that you're representing? What could possibly be a pedophile? 
and he just kept like digging himself a hole. It's fucking nuts. Like, what the fuck is wrong with oh, these people? God. Everything. Yeah. That's everything. what's wrong with them. Everything. They just their their morals are completely subjective to whatever way they can squirm the fuck out of the situation. Ugh. This is this is the state of our you know what? I was going to say this is the state of our country now, but it's obviously because we're talking about some very old men. <laughs> yeah, obviously no, yeah, been, definitely been the state of things for quite a long time. It's just now bubbling to the surface like a uh, like a certain kind of outbreak. Yeah. Uh, like, a, what do you mean? What kind of outbreak? Uh, some sort of pus filled wart well, in, uh, in the nether regions. Well, if that's ooh. If that's happening, the vaccination is coming, and it's going to wipe away all of that. It's time for a super soaker yeah. filled from, filled with penicillin. That's that's what's coming. <laughs> oh. But uh, I'm Ernesto Mancibo. I'm Pablo Morali Martinez. And we are Robots, Robots versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah! <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, yes, yes. So. That is one hell of an intro. <laughs> um, so seriously, though, like if there's like a man in your life um, at all, just be careful. Yeah, we're animals. Seriously. Mostly. I'm watching you, Pablo. <sighs> I'm watching you too, Ernesto. All right. I don't mean, I don't mean in that way. I'm watching you through a camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... I don't know. It's it's really it's really awful what's happening right now. I mean, I I back in my Brooklyn College days, like I was working on a student film, and um, one of my my colleagues was talking about an like this girl that he was casting in the movie. And he was already using that kind of disgusting vernacular where he was just like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get, to get her casting couch. Oh. Gonna try to get her to blow me, you know. She's got like dick sucking lips and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, man, it starts like, and this is a guy or if you saw him on the street, you'd be like, hey, the other, that guy looks like just like a normal guy. But already it starts, it's this ugly culture like just bruise under the surface of every of every man like it's really weird they never seem to grow out of it it's like when you when you turn into a teenager it's like yeah you start using like disgusting phraseology but you eventually let that go and become an adult which film no uh, you don't know you don't know this guy um because that was in a lot of your films, dude. No, 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 no. He was working on a different film. Okay. He was working on his own thing. All right. Yeah, you never met this guy. Oh. Wow. Wow. Damn. Yeah, I know. It's really fucked up what's going on. It's, it's, it's extremely fucked up, but if there's, if there's anything that you can take away uh, from the current atmosphere is that uh, the conversation is out and in front of everybody. Uh, the awareness has increased. Yeah. And I'm hoping, I, I, first of all, I can't imagine what it's like to be in, uh, in the situation of some of these people who have been victimized. 
and being so afraid or having the feeling that absolutely nobody's going to believe you or take you seriously when you bring these allegations forth that you just have to sit on it and never ever forget it probably still feel it on the same visceral level as you have the day it happened and sit on that for months if not years that i can't imagine what that does to you would you like let me ask you if you in retrospect were to like watch the old like past works of like some of these respected men or previously respected men uh who have been uh accused or are guilty of assault and harassment would you be able to like watch it like just be able to go through it like would you be able to like watch an episode of the like the cosby show or like watch louis stand up mm. without with like some people do this like where they try to separate themselves from the work right mm -hmm. like i think like some people do that with what roman polanski like they can watch rosemary's baby and not think about that he was a fucking monster mm-hmm Mm -hmm. I think with some of the work that these guys have done, um, when you look at the work in the abstract, and especially if it like stays in rotation over time, um, human beings have a really, really great, and when I say great, I don't mean it in a good way, but in terms of like volume, have a really great capacity to compartmentalize things, to separate uh, the person from a particular work like for example rosemary's baby that's right. that's an iconic film you know there was, it is there was a lot that happened but the fact that it was you know made by roman polanski um really can really turn your gut however i think that it's been around for so long and has been an example of a certain kind of movie making for so long that his name almost gets separated from it, it the, the work itself becomes something else because there were a lot of other actors you know in front of the lens and a lot of production right. people behind the lens who contributed their talent and their time uh, to make that movie it wasn't simply out of this one man's mind out of this singular effort you know it was it's a lot of people coming together but that's that's an example with like a film with something like, let's say, Louis C.K.'s stand-up, I think it, it's a uh, it's a different thing, um, especially like his stand-up specials, because all of the material that he, um, you know, puts onto video or CD or whatever, um, it comes from him. You know, he's a he's a right. one he's a one man show. You know, um, I'm sure there he has writers or uh, people who he uh, works with that tweak his stuff but it's mostly just him and then to see that work is to see him and now we know this part of him that will forever be associated with anything that he's connected to that's one reason why um the movie studio like dropped that film oh yeah that they was dropped to, like a fucking bag of hot rocks it's like it, that's that film is not going to see the light of day for uh, if ever um the only thing that i th i feel could possibly 
possibly give him a second chance. And this is something that Brian Cranston said um, last week, which I have my issues with <laughs> the way Brian Cranston uh, comments on certain things, especially what he said about, you know, supporting the president. And if you don't, fuck, oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck you, you know. So it's like it's, it's kind of had me giving him the side eye a little bit. But he did say he was just like, you know, sometimes he was like with time. And if these people are contrite enough, if they show that they are truly, truly sorry, then there might come a time in the future where we have to get together and decide if we're going to forgive them, if we're going to give them a second chance. But again, that comes after a long time of real effort. Yeah, I feel like, I know we've talked about it before, but like Mel Gibson, right? Mm -hmm. He's coming back, he's got a new movie coming out, like, Mm. Are do you think you'd be ready to watch a movie with Mel Gibson? Absolutely in it? not. Yeah, absolutely not. Because I feel like he's 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 part of the same culture that we're seeing now. Like when you listen to those tapes with him <laughs> arguing with his ex-wife, you know, it's like I deserve to be blown before the jacuzzi. Right, right. It's just like that's the same male toxicity that we're talking about that contributes. In, in Hollywood, I mean, if he wasn't already like on the shit list, I'm pretty sure there'd be somebody. I mean, I mean, I'm just throwing shit at the wall now, but like, there'd be somebody who'd be like, yeah, you know, Mel Gibson fucking said this or tried that with me or whatever. Just because that attitude, that to say it was such viciousness, it's just like, all right, you, you're on a whole other level, you're like, right, with, with this shit. And uh, between that. And his anti-Semitic, racist tirades. It's just like, personally, I have not seen or heard anything from Mel Gibson that says, you know, I was so fucking wrong. Um, I don't know. Did he put out an apology for any of that shit? I don't know. Um, he did apologize. And then, you know, he got his Hollywood license revoked for a while. And then Judy <laughs> Foster made a movie with him like a like maybe a, a year later or i don't know within a, a couple of years wow um she she made a movie with him called the beaver and it was him and he had like a talking he can he was playing a guy who can only communicate through a beaver puppet um <laughs> are you really this up? no i'm not <laughs> that's actually happened <laughs> God. and i'm like hollywood is so weird why jody foster <laughs> really you and then she came out and started was being like this guy is more than just his comments he's uh you know he he's he's a man you know he's flesh and blood and whatever Christ. whatever the fuck you know it's like jody was here right now yeah, I know. Just like, <laughs> it's like it's uncanny the way you channel some of these people i i i can't even i know deal. right these terrible terrible impressions they're not to, i'm telling you you're you're like taking a piece of their soul and putting it <laughs> and putting it to audio don't condescend me man i'm not condescending <laughs> to you man i'm telling you i'm telling you all right well that happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but yeah, yeah fuck uh, mel gibson i'm not, it's gonna be a while before i if ever I'm, but to to be quite honest it's not like I ever like loved the guy to begin with. Yeah. I was never like, oh, God, you know, 
If only I could be like Mel Gibson. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I loved Lethal Weapon. I love the Lethal Weapon movies. Um, I like that he he made Apocalypto. I, that's one of the movies I kind of like. I yeah, enjoy. That's something I, I, that I am still having trouble uh, equating in my head. Like, from this guy came that movie. I know. It's like, uh, I... Mm. I don't know. I, I think I need more wisdom before I can understand yeah. <laughs> what happened. <laughs> I, I, and uh, it was, if it wasn't for him being a fucking monster, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be having like these discussions about like, oh, like, does it negate everything that he's done? You know, hmm. I feel that, that way a little bit about the Cosby show and to an, to a more modern respect, I feel that way about, Louis, because I was a Louis fan. Yeah, you And were. I do suffer from, like, the guilt of, like, uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago, I found out about, like, these rumors that were swirling around Louis. And I was like, uh, I mean, they could they could just be rumors. Oh, but here's what where it gets a little weird, right? Um, I felt that way because the I did some digging and then I found out that this other comedian, Doug Stanhope, took the took the heat for him for a while. Shit. Um, and I'm wondering why did Doug Stanhope do that? Um, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's um Doug Stanhope did some kind of like Reddit or like some kind of uh, interview where uh, he addressed Louis directly and he said that all those allegations were about him and not about Louis. So that's why I was like being, I was kind of more like, okay, these could just be rumors. Like I can't see Louis CK taught like doing these things. And then when it came out, I was just like, you know what? It makes sense. He's been talking about it forever. Really? Yeah, he's been talking like he's there's there's like entire episodes of Louis where it's just him dealing with his masturbation habits. Oh, damn. Huh. I didn't I didn't realize that. I didn't really watch the show. Yeah. uh, It I think part of the trouble that I had when that news came out about Louis C.K. is that. He said he has said some really woke things on other subjects uh, when it comes down to um, race, for example, and yes. like white uh, white hegemony. He he really said things in a way that like kind of showed like he got it. Like, look, there there is something askew in our society, and populations of Americans have gotten shafted for centuries and like we need to recognize that that's you know if they are angry about it like they kind of have a right to do that you know it's like we like to pretend like slavery was a long time ago right and this used to be one of my uh, favorite uh, bits of his he's just like but it was like it was only 150 years ago Essentially, that's two 75-year-old little old ladies living back to back. (laughs) You know, it's like that is not that long ago at all, you know. So so when I heard the news about 
you know, his uh, masturbating in front of women. Uh, what an odd thing to do. It's just, I don't, that, there is, it, it, it's really hard to dissect because I don't come from that sort of, um, from that sort of angle, um, meaning that there has to be a certain sense of entitlement or uh, objectification right. where, where you will pull your dick out in front of a woman before she's given uh, consent. I mean, he part, he said that part of his apology was like, well, you know, I didn't think it was wrong because I asked beforehand. Well, before you before you go on his 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 quote unquote apology mm-hmm. stinks. <laughs> Um, he never said, I'm sorry, like ever. Yeah. And, uh, me, I, me and my wife, we actually went through it and I was just like, he exonerates himself by pay by sentence three. Like he tries to like play it off. I'm like, fuck man, this sucks. This (laughs) This sucks. It's just weird being a fan and just like having this guy do it. I'm sorry. Continue with no, me. no. You 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 hit it on the head there, man. Yeah. Um. But uh, what was I saying? He. Uh, oh, what, him like the whole thing with him trying to like pull his dick out. And, oh, like yeah, asking but, for consent or whatever. Like I, I I just couldn't. I personally couldn't. Couldn't imagine you know whipping my shit out in front of a woman, and just like starting to go for it and I don't know her or like I work with her. It's just, it just doesn't, <laughs> it just seems like there, there are a, a multitude of, of steps in between that are just missing. It's like if I woke up, you know, tomorrow and I put my coat on and I'm like, the next thing I'm going to do is exit my apartment and get on the train to go to work and then cut scene and <laughs> I've jumped out of a plane with a parachute on my back. <laughs> it's just like there are a whole bunch of things that needed to happen in between. Yeah, exactly. Those two before. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's 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 the it it is like a symptom of a deeper problem with him, mm. and like it, it also brings to mind Anthony Weiner. Remember, remember Anthony Weiner? Oh, Anthony Weiner. He's he's. Um, I think he just went away for yeah. He got like sent eight, up. Yeah, like eighteen months or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Ooh, don't uh, don't sex tweet with the uh, with a minor, folks. Yeah, that's, that's the message of the day. I the thing about Anthony Weiner was again, it was it's another it's another uh, it's another thing where um, where like I when he was starting his campaign, I was like, yeah, we're finally getting somebody who like. Mm. We're finally getting a New York mayoral candidate who seems like he's going to, like, go on the attack. Mm. And then, you know, boom, gets caught up in a, like, a sext sext scandal. Mm. Um, And then, you know, he he does his apologies. You know, we don't hear from him for a while. And then, boom, he comes right back again with another campaign. I'm just like, all right, maybe he's learned his lesson. And then he did it again and this time he keeps doing it to the point where he lost his career his wife and even his at this point his freedom because he's fucking sick 
Did they actually get divorced? Like, yeah, they got divorced. Got Thank it. God. I got a I, that poor woman. Yeah. There's, well, she's she's doing fine, I think. Yeah, she's doing fine. But there there were a few. You know when they do the um, uh, the mandatory like apology in front of the cameras, and like the wife is there supporting him <sighs> through this rough Damn. time. There's just that look on her face, like I can't believe it. it it really says something about what power does to the male psyche because look at Joss Whedon, right? He turned out to be like a fucking scumbag. And like, he's like one of these guys that I'm like, I love practically almost everything that he's done. Oh God. Wait, why am I out of the loop of this? What did Joss Whedon do? Well, his wife came forward and she, well, they divorced, right? And she was like, he paints himself as this feminist, like, crusader. And he's just a piece of shit. Like, sleeping, like, throughout our entire marriage, he was like, he would constantly cheat. And then he would play these psychological games with me in order to keep me in the marriage and this and that. I mean, it was nowhere near the, the scale of, like, predatory shit oh, of, like, okay. Weinstein. It was more like he's just a fucking scumbag who cheats around and like in the public image he he like says he's like this feminist crusader. Gotta give some shout outs to uh to Gal Gadot. She Yes She said um I'm sorry, you Pablo is so much better with the names than I am. Um the is it the director? Or the Brett Ratner? Yes. Yeah. Brett Ratner. She's like, as long as he is involved with this project, I won't be. Okay. Until he's completely removed. <laughs> yeah. I won't be appearing in any sort of Wonder Woman sequel. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good. She's fucking taking some of that power back. She put that foot down, yeah. man. She put the hammer down. <laughs> but um, Brett Ratner, he's always been a fucking scumbag. I've always hated him. In interviews and everything, like even his movies, like uh, say what you will about Rush Hour. If you watch rewatch those movies, I just rewatched Rush Hour too. Mm-hmm. And um, damn, the warning signs are there. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I'm glad that she's doing that. Um, he's a piece of shit, and uh, yeah, I just hope I hope that uh, they take him off the project because. What he was like a producer, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I love that. On the she first did. one, on the first Wonder Woman, I think he was a producer. Yeah. 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 So, and since it did so well, I'm sure that he's he definitely still wants a piece of uh, of that project. But uh, Gal Gadot is definitely uh, standing up here and drawing a line in the sand. Which, yeah. Um, I got to say, if uh, if we have more actors doing this. In Hollywood, we might just see like some real change uh, yeah. across the board. Well, there's definitely been some like the tide is definitely turning with this with all these you know famous men like going down. Um, there is also what was his name Ed Screen from the first Deadpool oh, movie. Oh yes, oh man, yeah, um, like him turning down that role. And because the that Hellboy role, remote. the Hellboy, yeah, the Hellboy reboot uh, role, because it was originally written for like an Asian 
actor or mm-hmm. it was an it was an asian character yeah but they why of course they whitewashed it mm-hmm. and he was he is like one of the only actors i think i well at least to my knowledge that has been like no yeah yeah as, as a matter of fact he orig- he originally was cast in the role and then when the outcry came out he listened and said you know what there is a real concern here um, there rep- there's representation that needs to happen and because of that I'm going to step away from the role and hope that the um, the production company does the right thing and gives it the um, the representation and, and everything that it deserves so I just I got to give it up to the guy it's like he for an actor to turn down a role, first of all, I know, right? And <laughs> especially like an actor like that, where he he's starting to come up. Yeah. So you yeah. know, it's tough for him to like just be be able to like turn away a role. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. they they always say you know, strike when the iron's hot. You know, yeah, you know, you exactly. Just, you just do project after project after project, and you know, Hellboy reboot is bound to be a very visible. Uh, project you know um, and he stepped away from this like that's yeah that's really cool and I hope that um, I hope he has continued success and continues on that same uh, role of speaking out for at the very least what's right you know right yeah well with that it's like uh, it's like time to switch gears yeah yeah and, but, uh, uh, while we're switching gears we want to let you know that uh I'm Ernesto Mancibo. I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Deadpool um, teaser came out Dead for Deadpool 2. Really? Yeah. God damn it. Where? Oh, damn. I didn't, like, you didn't check it out. No. And I didn't alert you either. <sighs> there was, um. Well, you know what if, teaser if, we're all really if, waiting for. But, if, well, yeah. please. If you like Bob Ross, you will love. <laughs> <laughs> you will love the Deadpool teaser. Oh, my God. I did not expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect it either. If you like Bob Ross. <laughs> like Deadpool, all right. I gotta, I gotta check this out as soon as yeah. we finish recording. Yeah, definitely, dude. It's really good. It's really <laughs> fucking good. Oh man, that's that's a movie I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. like it's the first one you could just feel was a labor of love, especially from Ryan Reynolds, who's been trying to get this property off the ground for like over forever. A decade. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, everybody involved seemed to have a good time and be down with the vision. So part two is just going to be like more of the same, if not better. Um, we we have cable, yeah. Um, who who they've uh, gotten? Um, what uh, Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin, aka Thanos. Thanos. So <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be cool. Thanos, who, um, who's who didn't appear in Thor Ragnarok, but mm. his presence was felt. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we touched on that. Uh, yeah, a little bit in the last episode. Yeah. Um, but really cool article that you sent me about Thor Ragnarok. Yes. There. Oh God, I'm gonna kick myself for not remembering the author's name. If uh, I'll definitely say it next week. Uh, right. It's an article from the establishment. 
www.mindfulness.co. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it made her made some really interesting analogies about that. Essentially, saying was was Thor Ragnarok uh, undermining white supremacy yeah. in in uh, this movie? And when you think about it, it's like you have you have Asgard, like this pinnacle of a certain kind of civilization. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Asgard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, can't go without any of uh, without Goldblumisms. <laughs> I love that Goldblum's character in that movie just went completely childish for a while. No, yeah, like, Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so you have this, you know, society that's like at, at, at the pinnacle of, of its powers and seems to uh, convey itself in this super benevolent way. You're talking about like um, what Asgard? Sorry, Asgard. Asgard yeah, yes, yeah, Asgard. <laughs> Asgard. <laughs> And uh, here comes Hela, who, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the uh, the new movie, is Odin's firstborn. Yes. Um, and basically reveals like, yeah, the way we built this place was by fucking everybody else up and taking their shit. And there was a point where she even went into one of the great halls and looked up at, you know, one of those uh paintings on the ceiling um depicting this glorious history of asgard and just shattered it and behind that painting you saw the real history that was painted there which is essentially odin as a conqueror and hella as the executioner and she said something along the lines uh, and this was referenced in the article that we're talking about is that um proud of where you are ashamed of how you got there yeah you know and it's just like whoa whoa if that does not symbolize america and the united states to the t you know especially since you know all of the at least the majority of the um main characters in ragnarok are white and when you look at asgard yes they mix in you know a lot of different peoples and I'm glad to see that in those films but at the forefront you do notice that most of them are white um, at least like the most powerful or uh, things along those lines so I thought that was a really really good observation yeah and it has me wondering like who's working behind the scenes over at Marvel like inserting like little little like uh, woke uh tidbits you know yeah. here and there from movie to movie well i was i was looking at it and i was like fuck where's like where did this come from when where when the director like started putting together his vision the director is taika waititi he uh, um he uh is a new zealander he's a kiwi who um who's worked on like a few comedy films uh, so a few that I strongly recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Hunt for the Wilder People, and another one is called What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows is like a um, a mockumentary about four vampires living in New Zealand. <laughs> um, you sh- you really need to check out that movie. That movie is fucking funny as shit. <laughs> but I was like, it's interesting that this this director um that taika decided to go in this direction because i was just like is he is he making an analogy 
like as someone that is viewing the United States history or is he looking at it through the lens of being a Maori because he's Maori mm-hmm. from New Zealand? Like, because the situation is kind of the same where um, there were native people in New Zealand and um, because of the the British colonists, now they're all, they've been pushed back and they've been marginalized within New Zealand. So I'm like, it, it's, it's weird how both of these histories sort of mirror each other in like the grand spectrum of the United States New Zealand, Asgard, mm. and old whatever happened to like make Asgard, you know, mm. it's kind of um, it says something about the history of most of the um, white colonists. Yep. Um. Yep. Yep. It's and it's the and it's the fact that one of the things that makes white colonialism, um, especially and the recent civilizations we have here in the West, um, uniquely different from the rest of the world because, you know, every every nation has had some amount of uh, conquering and war and, and things along these lines. However, the thing about um, white colonialism is that the peoples that are overrun or conquered, uh, wh- whatever name you want to give it, are not really integrated into the society they're kept marginalized um and the society never ever becomes a true culture it just becomes a caste system of power dictated by what we've come to know as race uh mostly predilected on appearance skin color right um and and the thing that makes it so vicious is that um they they weave this fairy tale to make it seem as though uh these other peoples have been uh eventually pulled into the society and now we're all one but without fully acknowledging the history of the people who have been overrun and or conquered there can be no real growing of culture because you are keeping history literally hidden and forgotten to a certain extent um, in favor of the power structure that is in place now. And that power structure is, is, is like set up on this very tenuous foundation because when you think about, in this case, whiteness, like I've said this many, many, many times on the podcast, it only came into existence like in the late 1600s before then there was no mention of whiteness anywhere and in order for whiteness to make itself seem like a uh like a culture it retroactively uh claims europe in order to uh buttress its buttress itself um as like oh it's this great long-standing civilization it's like first of all no if you look at the history of europe everybody fought everybody else they europe europe has never been like this one cohesive we love each other sort of thing we're going to do this for whiteness sort of thing that has never happened there have been that when whiteness was created it didn't even include everybody it's like italians irish many others weren't even considered white no (laughs) it was just like 
it was a very very select few um and eventually through uh, a certain amount of manipulation uh some of these other groups were pulled pulled into it and even to this day there, there's still a certain amount of infighting because uh, uh just because of the the history of these cultures still clashes with the modern day interpretation of what whiteness is so, okay yeah so anyway uh the main point of that is that um western white colonial civilization is uh a very very fragile thing um and if you base your identity on that you're 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 in for a very rude awakening and we see that all the time right right of course yeah, well, every because of this, along with like the racial politics that are kind of like purveying society now, mm-hmm. it's like starting up because of social media. It's like really gaining a foothold. Yeah. Um, along with the, um, you know, the LGBT uh, plus the revolution that's happening there, along with feminism, it's like things are starting to move in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there's still a lot of pushback from the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to me. Listen to me go on. Like, this is the part of the show where it's supposed to be fun. And like... <laughs> You're not having fun? <laughs> I, I totally thought this was like a comic book you were talking about. Yeah, no, really? I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's it's wild though. It's yeah. wild though. It all it all mixes in. But um. but yeah. I'm, I mean, we started talking about like how Thor Ragnarok had all these themes in it. But um, you know, it's 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 really important to think about like what the subtext is to like a lot of these uh, a lot of pop culture stuff. Yeah. Like we were talking about Black Panther before. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that's that's built on like well it's I don't know if it's the subtext, but it's like what if there was an African nation that was that was untouched by, you know, colon white colonial white colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowed to advance without any like form of corruption or anything. And um, I, I just think that that's like such a cool way, like cool new. I mean, it it is it does base itself in the realm of comics and science fiction, but it's like this cool new direction where things are headed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really kind of like excited for the future. And probably, and the way I see it, it's it's partially based on um, some of the history that we've seen in Africa. Africa, the African continent, uh, Egypt has seen some of the greatest civilizations uh, rise and uh, produce knowledge that has uh, pushed the rest of the world forward. So uh, to take that concept and just bring it into the modern age, like, you know, here here you have these great African nations that have um, not been overrun by uh, colonialism and allowed to proceed um, at their own pace uh, in terms of advancement uh, culturally, technologically, like that's going to be something just so exciting to see. I can't, I really can't wait. Like this is one of those pieces of, and I, and this is, I'm just going to call it, it's just one of those pieces of art that uh, can change people, can change societies. I think this is one of those things that people are just always going to love. Yeah. 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 
Uh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. We've seen that movie multiple times. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I'm starting to lose hope that they're never going to release the... The Infinity War trailer? The Infinity War trailer. Just let it go, man. No, go. I can't let it go. You know, the... the the world that we love gives me a lot of um, anxiety sometimes. Like it, it was only earlier this week that we finally got our tickets for um, the Last Jedi, because I was literally having like anxiety sitting at home. I'm just like, what if <laughs> December fourteenth rolls around and we're just sitting around like a bunch of suckers? <laughs> I actually think they're gonna drop it during the Last Jedi. That. <sighs> You know, fucking everything Disney rolls hand in hand. I guess. <laughs> Shit. Wouldn't it be crazy if like they dropped it like towards the end of the Punisher premiere, like the Punisher oh, series? Oh my god! But you have to stream. Yeah, all you the have episodes. to stream all the episodes. It's, it's like the Konami code. It'll only register <laughs> if you if you watch the entire series in order. That would be crazy. What if they drop? <laughs> What if it's attached to like Beyonce's new album? Like Beyonce's gonna drop. <laughs> you just gave me the weirdest look. Like what? Yeah, what? that's not even what the show's about. Yeah, I know. You know. I was just trying to throw in like, <laughs> you know, how Beyonce does whatever the fuck she wants, yeah. and like, oh well, yeah, I and guess how Disney does whatever the fuck they want. See, and, you you always have a way of like looping things around. So I'm just like, oh, that's what you were trying to say. I see what you did. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a it's a mental condition, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I mean that would be cool if they dropped it like at the end of the Punisher premiere because I'm fucking psyched for that. Can't wait for that. Oh yeah. man, that that that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be like a landmark series. Yeah, like, I can't. I like it's got to make up for. Uh, Danny Bland, and then what was the other one? Danny Bland, what the def- the what defenders? Oh, the def- Oh, oh, uh, Danny Bland. Yeah, what does he do? Yeah, who well, is he? He's he's the immortal Iron Fist protector of Come on. <laughs> and if you forgot it already, he's the mortal <laughs> Iron Fist, the protector of Come on. Um, <laughs> God, I hate that show. I hate that show. Um, speaking of things I hate, well, I don't hate. Uh, are, we're going to check out Justice League, right? I guess at some point we should. People are sort of waiting on us to uh, listen to me. People are waiting on us to, yeah. get, to come review this. But, you know, we, we, <laughs> we'll definitely have something to say about this. Um, I'm If we hate it, we're really going to say a lot about it. Have you heard any of the reviews about it? I've I've heard that it's... I've heard things... <laughs> I've only heard a, par- a partial spectrum to it. It's like the best I've heard about it is that it's almost as good as Wonder Woman. Almost. Oh, jeez. And the worst I've heard is that nothing goes together, not even the lighting in the film, and it's crap. It's total really? crap. Yes. So... I read that they they could replace Cyborg with a fax machine, and it would have the same exact effect. Oh, no. I'm like, which sucks. Oh, man. Oh, well. All right. 
So I guess I guess that's a good place to cap it. Let's cap it there. All right. All right, folks. Uh, when you're listening to this, um, uh, we just wanted to wish you a very safe and aware and woke Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, remember the people who uh, sort of suffered for this holiday, but at the same time, um, be thankful for the people who are in your life. Yeah. Yeah, because it's uh, you know it's a crazy world out there. Yeah. So um, from all of us here at Robots vs. Taxes, um, <laughs> the entire crew. the entire crew, little schmo, Bobby D, Dina, little pistol starter, the situation, uh, Candace Cameron. Candace. <laughs> We we wish you and all the rest and all the rest. <laughs> we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Yeah. I'm Ernesto Mancibo, and I'm Pablo Morales Martinez, and together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. You have yourself a great Thanksgiving. Song of the week. Oh.